Let me pray. I want to um, talk for a few minutes. Lord, thanks for um, your mercy and grace. And uh, pray, Lord, that you would uh, help us to be reflective, that we would not be um, we would not be simple, Lord. I pray these things in your name. Amen. Um, the, let's talk just for a few minutes about um, last night. Scott shared. Um, or anything from what stood out to you um, about Scott or about what he shared, what what did you think was um, something impactful or neat or relevant or anything from last night? Yeah. You don't have to see the fruit right away. Yeah. And yeah. Sometimes you may never see it. Yeah. I mean, interesting the stories because of his age that 30 years later he's seeing some fruit from some seed that was planted. Or a story of a student who went to summer camp and then ends up, you know, 13 years on drugs and homeless, right? I mean, that's, it's interesting that uh, the amount of time there, yeah. What else? Anything else stick out to you guys? John? I liked, uh, there's no formula beyond just spend time with Jesus, drug and Yeah. Yeah. Susan. I like that he was honest about not wanting to do things. Because he could have just said all the cool stuff. Mm -hmm. He'd be like, uh, that's happened to me. Yeah. But then he's like, no, like, I don't really want to do it. Yeah, almost comical, like. Yeah. Oh, come on, Lord. I Please, I want to go work out. I don't know, you know, like just that kind of stuff where you're just like, uh, the transparency of how he felt was pretty cool. I, I agree. Um, you know, one of the reasons that we had Scott come, I wanted him to come was, you know, if in Ephesians 3, it talks about, it's Paul's prayer for the Ephesians, and he talks about how greatly he desires for um, the Ephesians to know the height and depth and width of God's love, that verse there. And, um, I think I've mentioned this before, but I hope you guys know that um, that's, that's what I care about. And that's what we are going to care about in this area with each other. Like, it's got to be that way. It's... it's um, You know, I think of, um, and I think I mentioned this in the spring um, when I was talking, but I've kind of gone back to it a few times because it's so striking to me having seen Matthew 9, 37, which Scott brought up last night. Um, you know, the workers are few, but the harvest is plentiful, so therefore pray for workers. And... Uh, how amazing it is that when Jesus looked upon the lost, because the verse before that, he you know, saw the lost, had compassion on them, for they were sheep without a shepherd. And um, when Jesus saw them, his 
prayer and his response was not to pray for the lost and not to pray for, not that we don't want to do that, but that his response was to pray for you, to pray for the people who, uh, his vessels, his instruments, his people. And, uh, and it, it's such a dramatic shift from what you would expect. And it makes me think of John 7, 37, right? 39, right? Where it talks about, it's basically ministry is the overflow of your life, right? It, it's, it's not really about us cranking out things or doing things or running meetings and uh, checking boxes. And, uh, but it is because it's really an overflow of Jesus in us. And if Jesus is not so full in us that we're not overflowing, then it's, you know, like 1 Corinthians 3, it's just going to burn up. It's not going to matter. And so, so the relevance of our relationship, of your depth with Christ, um, you know, is super important. Um, anything else from what Scott shared? Because that's why, I mean, you could recognize, I hope, a certain intimacy with Christ. Yes? <laughs> that was substantial. What else do you guys... What stood out to you guys? Luke? It was more of like of his character, but it's just so casual. And like you said, kind of just seems like this average guy with these just highly above average stories to tell. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, made it seem just so much more attainable. And just the way he presents it is just, oh, just spend time with Jesus and mm -hmm. it'll be as easy as yeah. hearing it as I do. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, Scott is not, uh, when I first met him, the last thing I was thinking was, this guy's going to be a great young life leader. I mean, right? And when I met him, even in college, you know, he looked a little different, but not much. And, you know, and the way he interacts with you and his how hairy he is, the tone of his voice, like it is like all these things about him. You're just like, dude, kids are gonna like run from you because you're just like this scary uh, bear. And uh, but um, man, does God not really care what's on the outside or what kind of gifts you have, skills in that sense? What else? Yeah, Jesse. The importance of just like listening to God and always just. Yeah. Isn't it, isn't it amazing how much more it felt like he was listening than talking? Like it, it's almost like every story and every time he started engaging in what he was talking about, that it was, it was listening. It wasn't like, I asked God for this and then I asked him for that. And like, then this miracle happened where this happened, you know, because God answered my prayer. Like, it wasn't like that. It was always... Yeah, just Lord, what do you want me to say here? What do you want me to pray here? What is what's something that would encourage this person that I'm going to pray for that you want me to say? I guess constantly listening, constantly. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. With that, I thought it was cool. Like he said, the more we listen, we'll like be able to recognize the shepherd's voice, and then like with the things we're hearing, to always filter it through the word. Yeah. Yeah. Both of those things were. I, I wrote down both those things as well. I thought, wow, you know, the, he quickly used the illustration, but the idea of 
how accustomed you are to your best friend's voice or your mom's voice because you listen to it more. You've heard it so much more. You, if anyone's mom in this room were to say something from back there, all of you would, like I could line up 80 moms, right? And literally have them one at a time say, so-and-so, come here. And every one of you would know that's my mom. You know what I mean? Like you would, would know. And, um, and I thought that was really a neat illustration to help us with, okay, this is about listening and about me hearing more often. And then of course, I mean, one of the things I've always appreciated about Scott is his, the depth and intimacy he has developed with Christ and how he has, uh, I mean, he's, he told some stories obviously that were unique, um, but he's got a lot more. Like, trust me, like, He'll, every couple months, you can ask Amy about it too, like he'll send Amy and I a, a message of say, hey, just a quick story about something that happened to me. Just want to let you guys know. And it's always like, dude, what in the world? Like, <laughs> how did you end up in, where, because it's like he ends up, like he talked about, I mean, he didn't just go to Lexington because of some organization that he wanted to check out. Like he randomly ended up like, he texted and called, or texted Amy and I a message before he went to that Lexington trip that he talked about. He's like, hey, I'm just, I'm heading down to Lexington. You guys could be praying for me. It's like, I have no idea why I'm heading down here. I just heard about this thing, and God kept telling me to go, telling me to go. So I'm down, so I'm going to Lexington. He gets down there, he ends up, he said he ended up running, like doing, sorry, like volunteering for the organization. Like, he, it's like he'd never even heard of anything. And uh, my point is, he's got stories that are super unique, but he, for any of you who follow speakers or people like that and understand their, this will make a big difference to you. I don't know if I know anyone uh, who loves and listens and reads John MacArthur more than Scott Ward. And if you know anything about Scott John, John MacArthur, that should be shocking to you right now. Like that should be shocking, okay? Because I mean, it's MacArthur's amazing. He is. I would call him probably one of the most. Uh, he is one of the most of our entire generation of the of the last hundred years. He is probably one of the most biblically vested intellectually. Uh, people that I've listened to and read, right? He's written more, as many, you know, commentaries over every book of the Bible, knows, knows it backwards and forwards. I mean, Piper would look to MacArthur for help on things, if that gives you any, because you guys all know John Piper probably. And, um, but MacArthur is a cessationist, which is basically means he believes that the, um, the gifts of the Spirit, the miraculous gifts of the Spirit ended with the apostles, and um, and so all of the people in Scott's world would—they uh, don't like MacArthur. <laughs> that makes sense. Like uh, when, uh, in fact, there's so many stories of you know MacArthur preaching, and you could look it up on YouTube. There's probably YouTube videos of, of charismatic people bursting into his church and 
running to the front of the church screaming at him like the lord has this to say to you and wants to tell you like you gotta you know because they're trying to tell him like you know you can't keep telling people that these miraculous gifts don't exist anymore um that's really deep and long and wide but i wanted to give you a background on just the point of all that is this scott values the word as much as anyone we know does that make sense? So he might he walks in this intimacy with Christ. He walks in this what feels like a kind of a miraculous world. And let me say this too, like just to preface, what MacArthur would teach or talk about is not against what you all are hearing with Scott. Okay, it's much different than that. You'd need to read about, do some deep dive study if you're interested in that kind of stuff. But it's not that God doesn't speak to you or tell you things or God doesn't perform miracles in this world. Uh, MacArthur would say that's absolutely true, but um, but the point of all that is he Scott was so and has always been so biblical. I mean, he's gifted me MacArthur books for uh, uh, for uh, presents and stuff like that. So. What else about Scott? Anything? Yeah. I really like his uh, righteous anger. Like when like. Oh, Satan took the one, he wanted to come out here and take the hundred. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, anger is the most emotional that can be righteous, but like, he wanted it. Yeah. Like, for sure. That, um, I had forgotten Scott's story about why he became a young life leader. I don't think I've, I probably haven't heard it since he was in college, so I completely forgot that story about his friend and, and his desire to um, take back what Satan had taken. and. Um, man, I thought, gosh, how awesome that God wove that in because we've talked a lot about spiritual warfare. We've, we've had that image, and I hope in your mind's eye when Scott was describing him wanting to take back what Satan, that you saw what we do. You saw students in bondage and understood the, the evil that has them ensnared and wants to destroy them, right? The thief comes to steal and destroy he wants to destroy them. And uh, we have this opportunity to fight to get them back. So anything else you want to bring up about Scott? Yeah. yeah. Going with that, I really liked how he was like, game on. And mm -hmm. I just like had such, because like this was like my first like football game, like without restrictions. And it was so crazy just like the amount of students that we don't know mm -hmm. and I just like just had like such a visual of like all the middle schoolers and high schoolers that I saw and it just made me cry thinking about like just like the battle and just like how are the most important people there yeah oh it's that's great that's so true yeah um you know you guys will remember me talking about um open your bibles to mark eight real quick um, <laughs> Also, as a reminder, if you haven't paid, make sure you please do that, like ASAP. So,
you guys will remember, because I emphasized this a lot last fall, and the reason we read the book Abiding Christ last fall was just kind of totally in this vein of kind of what we're talking about this morning a little bit, which, you know, in Philippians 3, when Paul is, it's one of my, always been one of my favorite chapters, teach from it all the time. It's the, you know, it's the chapter that, uh, what's his name, Piper uses in this famous seashell sermon. I mean, it's, it's really great, and I've always loved that chapter. But he talks about all this stuff about um, knowing Christ and being close to Christ. And then Philippians 3.12 says, not that I've already obtained this or I'm already perfect, meaning obtained intimacy with Christ, like obtained perfect intimacy with Christ. That's what he's talking about. But I press on to make it my own because Jesus Christ has made me his own. And it was just something that I want to make sure that we keep in the front of us always, which is the goal, which is to know Christ. I mean, I, I know, you know, our leadership is, you know, unique in some ways, or you guys, um, you know, we're serious about helping free the captives. I mean, that's a big deal. But nothing is, is, nothing is even in the ballpark of the big deal of your intimacy with Christ. And I am later, right, we're going to talk more about club and campaigners and some of these things. And I just want to make sure, too, this morning, especially after what Scott shared last night, you know, I hope that you saw a picture of intimacy with Christ, maybe not even kind of what we were talking about, maybe not even in a specific story or in something he specifically taught or said, but just in who he was, right? You're like, okay, this is a person who just talks with Jesus and Jesus talks back. Like, you know, this is a person who will walking in the spirit. You're like, this is walking in the spirit. Like, and I, I greatly, so greatly, it's my prayer for you guys is the greatest. It's the one thing I so desire that you guys um, hold fast to. And like I loved, absolutely loved his last point. The only difference between him and other leaders that were sitting in the room with him 20 years ago the ones that aren't following Jesus today is he didn't give up, right? That's, that was it. He was like, look, I made mistakes. They made mistakes. The only difference between them and me is I didn't give up. I didn't stop. And that's, that is um, so profound and so important that you guys... absorb the truth of what really matters here. So Mark 8, um, and here's what I want you guys to do. I, I'm giving you some scripture that is definitely scripture you've heard before, but 
starting in verse 34 on Mark 8. Jesus says, In calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? You know, it's scripture that you've heard before. You know, I think of quotes from famous quotes that you hear. Jim Elliott's quote, obviously, is... Um, he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he can never lose. Or one of my all-time favorites, Piper's quote with the um, only when life will soon be passed, only what's done for Christ will last. There are different things that come to my mind when I think of that. But I, I, I can feel a teaching coming soon. You know, like I, I kind of write down things thoughts and things as they come when I'm in quiet times and uh, I'm having this uh, passion and this something building as it relates to heaven and thinking about I mean the bottom line is if once you cross the line that eternity is real it changes everything if you cross that line and by faith, that's, you know, it doesn't mean you feel like eternity is real all the time. It doesn't mean you, you know, never are unsure if eternity is real. Because for all belief, it's about faith, right? In Hebrews 11, this is, faith is what pleases God. If, if it was, you know, if each of us could fast forward a thousand years and see each other in eternity and then come back here, how easy would the rest of your life be? In fact, I would say, God would say, well, the reason I don't do that, Rick, is because then there's no faith. There's no trust. There's no you believing in me. It's, it's you looking at the presence, meaning with a T, presence, and you not wanting my presence. Does that make sense? Because I've seen this thing. And so by faith, though, we decide... And if eternity is real, it changes everything. Every decision you make, every, literally, when, when you guys go home from here, eternity being real changes what you do after you get home today for the next three hours when you get home, which might be sleep for some of you guys, which is fine. But what I'm saying is, like, it's relevant in every single decision. And suddenly, what I'm talking about, about intimacy with Christ, makes more sense because it's like, okay, if eternity is real, then really, it really doesn't matter my performance. It really doesn't matter whether I succeed or fail in the world's eyes. It really doesn't matter all this stuff. All that matters, Paul, Philippians 3, the only thing that matters is me and Jesus. Right? So... Um, I want you guys to uh, 
go. I know we I messed this up. I apologize for the schedule. Just kind of hang with it. Just just you know throw that schedule out the window. And just the rest of the day we're it's all surprise, right? Welcome to Young Life. You never know what's next. Um, and I know many of you, because of the schedule and or just you have great habits, um, did spend some time with the Lord. But I do want to, it is so important to me that we are people who see eternity as real, like this scripture that we just read, especially verse 37, no, 36. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and yet forfeits his soul? Because that's, that's really the, the lean, right? It's, it's marriage, it's kids, it's house, it's money, it's comfort, it's school, it's family, it's you know all kinds of good things, good things in the world. Like there is this lean, right? What profit you if you gain all of that? but yet lose your soul. Like it, that scripture to me speaks perfectly and clearly. It says, heaven's real. So that profits you nothing. What profits you is intimacy with Jesus. And so um, I want you to just take 30 minutes by yourself. This is your annual uh, regular leader weekend gift. Um, Lots of locusts and birds and insects out there to remind you the whole time that eternity is real, creation is real, uh, a God's creation, a God created it as real. Um, in that, uh, I, I have, uh, we read, a, I was reading a, the Jonathan Edwards thing with some guys, and we were, one of the cool points was God created creation in perfection for the redeemed and those who are fully with Jesus, and that the reason that the creation is groaning, like in Romans 8, is because it hates sin and hates the lost, like hates all of it basically hates what we're doing to it. Think about that. Like creation is just groaning and waiting, not because it's like wants to party with us because it's going to celebrate, like, because that's what you start to feel like, like it's going to be like, hey, we're all back. It's basically like groaning and because it doesn't want what's going on. It hates this world. It hates the sin that is just wreaking its way always through people. And so um, as a reminder of what creation is just waiting um, and groaning for, um, it, the, it's longing to, for the same thing that we're talking about, eternity. So take 30 minutes, be back at 1030, um, and just be by yourself, boyfriends and girlfriends, don't go together, okay? Make sure that you... Um, Be back at 10.30.